Awesome. Thank you. You may take a seat. Malosi Sul. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We, um, I don't know, do, do, you have, you've got a lot of Pacific Islanders in your rugby team? Yeah? Do they usually go, choo-hoo! You, you ever hear them do that? Yeah? Well, from where we're from, that means two things. First of all, it means victory. It can declare victory. So when they get up and they're happy, like we've got a very limited vocab. So we use so many words or phrases or even um, actions to describe so many things, one to describe so many things. So whenever you hear them go, choo-hoo, you know, it means that victorious or they goes, it's a challenge. You know, when you, in the neighborhood, when you, um, when you hear people walking past and they're, and they're, they're actually challenging you. Is there anyone in this village or this neighborhood can stop me from doing what I'm doing? You know, and I believe, I mean, as I was, as I was in the first service, I was standing there, and, and, the, and the sense of bigness came into my spirit that there's a sense of bigness in this place. And so therefore, you and I need to declare that with a choo-hoo. It's a challenge that this, what God is putting in this place, is unstoppable. And it's a challenge to simply just say, it's, it's, it's you and I declaring victory, but also saying, okay, who dares stop the bigness of this place from going out? You've got to join me. You can't just say, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, on the count of three, we're going to do it together. Is that cool? Yeah. On one, two, three. Choo! Another one? Yeah. One, two. We gotta, now we've got to stand and we've got to choo-hoo! One, two, three. Choo-hoo! Come on, take us. Give yourselves a big hand. Come on, we've got to give ourselves a bigger hand than that. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of the fact that um, the rugby team didn't do too well on the weekend, but Jesus still reigns supreme, you know? And um, same with us. We went to the Olympics, and all we turned up with was a guy all uh, drenched in oil. And that's what we were known for, not for the sport, not for our sporting abilities, but for one of our guys drenched in oil. So we call him Peter Lolo ever since. Peter being his first name, Lolo being oil, Peter Oil. So that's what he's known for now, but we're known for that now. Anyway, I just, um, I, I'm, thank you for having me over here and thank you for, um, for the hospitality. I am thoroughly enjoyed myself and I... I remember vaguely the last time I was here was in the 1980s. Uh, that was a long, long time ago. And uh, this is like my second time here in, 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 in Dunedin. And um, I look around and say, I could live in a place like this. Um, if it was, what, 20, 25 degrees, just a little bit more than what it currently is. But uh, it's, it's a beautiful city. And as, as a result, it's a beautiful city. There's a lot going for it. And where God is wanting to, to do amazing things. And um, there we, I, I saw uh, there was Tui was here last in the last service. I met up with um, Fuagava. Fuagava means covenant. She's Tongan. She was here in the first service. And so that's, a man, that's an amazing name. 
And um, I just really sense that we that they coming together, the bigness of what God is wanting to do is wanting to build a, you know, there, there's a, in, in a city where it's multicultural, but in a church that's going to come out of a church that's going to be very multicultural and, and God has a place for each and every person here. We're starting a third service in Tonga and it's going to be a Tongan service. And so my, my challenge is that how are we going to take what God has given us as a church and as a group of believers in terms of our DNA and the spirit that he's placed within us? You know, you know in Moses, how, how, how God took the spirit that was on Moses and put on the 70, 70, 70 elders. Or, or, and, but the challenge for us is how God can take what is in us and be able to, to, um, to interpret that in the context or the setting that we're in in Tonga. And I believe it's the same here. It's the same here where what God is wanting to do in you, it's taking that and being able to interpret that in a multicultural level. And how can that be expressed multiculturally? And, um, and I know for us as, as the challenge is that we, we're predominantly Tongan, but, and so they look at us as a church and we, they think we're a Palangi church because we do things un-Tongan. But it's not that we do things un-Tongan, we do things kingdom-wise. And so if we're going to express kingdom multiculturally, I think that's the one place where we can pull everything together, where it's not based upon our preferences, but it's based upon how can we express this? How can we express this in a way that's going to, that's going to reach a city, that's going to reach the different levels or the layers of our community? And, um, and so... We're in Tonga not building a Tongan church, but we're building a kingdom church that's going to embrace all the, all the different ethnicities. So it's not just the Tongan, it's not the Tongan church, it's the, it's, it's the church of Jesus Christ, not of the Latter-day Saints, but the church of Jesus Christ in Tonga, which is expressed in all its different cultures. And so that's our challenge. Um, and uh, so... This morning, I just want to—I'm going to share a little bit of our story in regards to how God has taken us to where we are. But I also believe it's a word for many people here. It's a word for you as a church. And um, and I was told a story this morning at nine o'clock in regards to um, hey, you got to stop popping up um, <laughs> to anticipate anticipation. Um, Otago being, Dunedin being a rugby city, um, and, and was it a year or so ago that you won the super, the super rugby title? But one of the things that the team that gets really great is that they're able to anticipate each other. Not only anticipate each other in terms of the team, but they are able to anticipate what the other team is, 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 um, is going to do. And so... In my time, I played a little bit of rugby, but I wasn't that good. And, um, and you'll soon find out why I wasn't that good. And the thing was, like, I'd like to, so anticipating whatever the other person is doing can either work for you positively or could work for you against negatively. And so as I told this morning, there was a time where I, I turned up to a rugby match not, not, not planning to play, and they threw me a jersey and a pair of boots two sizes bigger than, than my feet and I, to asked me to go onto the wing. And as I went onto the wing and, and, um, and I was just standing around there, you know, not just waiting for the ball or whatever, and then... Um, 
And I had a big guy who was, um, who was marking me. And so the ball, they, the ball came out the back line and the center had the ball. And I was, and I was anticipating that he was going to pass it to me. However, the other guy was anticipating my moves and he was marking me. This was he, where he was. And he was, I was running, running real hard. And I, and I was like, come pass the ball, pass the ball. And the center didn't pass me the ball. I was quite disappointed. Because he didn't pass me the ball. He took it in and then the recycler went the other direction. I said, why did you pass me the ball? And he goes, did you see where you were standing? Well, where you were running? And I looked down and he was the line, he was the touch line and I was on the other side of the touch line. And this guy was anticipating my move. He was also on the other side of the touch line, anticipating that, that he was marking me. And so in, 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 in a sense that we can anticipate things correctly or we can anticipate it depends on whoever we're anticipating so if he's doing it wrong and we're anticipating him then we're also in the wrong place but here with God with God is that we can anticipate him because he's already he's always telling us what he wants to do or he's always telling us what he has for you and I he's always speaking in the book of Hebrews it talks about that he holds that that, that he that the universe is held together by the power of his word so when God stops speaking, this whole universe is going to disintegrate. And so he's always speaking. It's the matter of how you and I are listening in or leaning in to what he's saying. And so therefore we can anticipate what the, ex, what the next move is going to be. In the book of, um, in, of Amos, um, it talks about where he always, he lets his prophets know what we what he's about to do. Amos chapter 3 verse 7. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan um, to his servants, the prophets. And so therefore, we can be in an environment where we can hear prophetically what God's saying to us. Like in this environment, I just heard God say, there's a bigness in this place. So we can hear, and God says, what, there's big, you got to, what are you going to do about it? There's something that we've got to do about what he says to us. Or, we, or, a, or a prophet may come and he will speak a word over your life. So what is it that we are going to do about that? Because God is always speaking and telling us what to do. And telling us what he wants to do and, and, and what he's about to do. And so in Joshua chapter 3 verse 1 to, to 4, I'm going to be preaching from this. And I believe it's a word for for us. It's a word for you at this point of time. That it's a time that we're, and the, and the background of this story is that this, this is the second time that the people of Israel have come and looked out into the promised land. The first time was 40 years prior to this. They came and they looked over to the promised land and, and they said, oh, too hard, too many giants, too many fortified cities. And so they turned around and went and wandered in the desert for 40 years. Now, 40 years later, they've come to this place of where they're standing there across from the river Jordan, and they're looking to the promised land, and God just simply saying, hey, man, I'm giving you another opportunity, guys. Look over. You have an opportunity to move and to cross over and to take possession of all that I have promised you. I mean, this, I believe that there are people here, God saying, I'm giving you a second opportunity, God is always giving us an opportunity. I guess until, we, until we're six feet under, then we realize all our opportunities have gone. You know, there, I, I, was in, I was in a panel just the other week, and the panel was at, you know, what's this pre-tribulation, all this thing, and when's judgment day? And I said, you know, I don't care. 
when all of that time is going to happen. All I know is that I need to care about while, while, while I've still got breath in me. But I've got to make the decisions now. When I'm still alive, I've got every opportunity to make a decision. Because when that happens, I, when, when that happens, it happens. But I've got to make a decision now in order to move, in order to do what God has called him to call me to do. So right now, I believe you've got a decision to make because God's saying, I'm giving you another opportunity. I'm giving you another opportunity. So as we read, it says, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from that place and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp and said to the people, Giving orders to the people, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priesthoods carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. And so the story is, is this, they're here in the Jordan River and then they're given orders by Joshua and say, hey, when you see the ark of the covenant um, being carried by the, 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 by the priests, when you see it pass by you, we want you to move out from where you currently are and I want you to follow it because then you will know where you're going because basically you haven't been there before. So that's basically what it's saying. And so for you and I, I believe that today, is a time to move. It's a time to move. Just say move. Move. But where are we moving to? We're looking into the promised land. We're looking into your promises. And that's why it's a promise for you because you haven't been there before. Neither have I. There's a promise for, 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 for us corporately, but we haven't been to that place before. And so we need some sort of direction. We need some leadership in order to get there. We can see it from afar, but how to get there, basically, I don't know. I saw Tonga from afar when, when I said, hey, would you like to go to Tonga? I said, no, I don't want to go to Tonga because I can see it from afar and I don't like it. But my promises was there. And that's where God spoke to me, saying, your promises are there. And so, but when you see the ark of the covenant move, I want you to follow it. You know, for many of us here, where God's given you a second chance, is just simply saying to you, where is the my presence moving? Where, is, where am I moving in your life? Where am I moving in your world? Where am I moving in this corporate group of people? Where am I moving? That's where you've got to get out from where you are and start moving towards it and start following it. Look for where it's moving. For us, we had to look. And when, when God spoke to us about this, we had to really look at where God was moving. And it's not very hard to see. Because God was moving in the life of the young people. We had started a school six years ago out of a word that God has simply spoke to us as we went out to Tonga from the, from the story of, uh, of Gideon, which is, I want you to raise a generation and I want you to reclaim a nation. I'm going out there. Who the heck do you think I am to raise a generation and reclaim a nation? I can't do, Jack. And so here we are. We, we move into there. And, and with this word, and, and God gave us an opportunity in order to step out, in order to, to, to start a school because we had two teachers that were crazy enough to join us in our dream. They were that crazy that left their jobs here without knowing that there is, that we, we, without a, a, without Anything set in concrete. We didn't have a property. We didn't have anywhere to start a school. But they left their job. They resigned. And they were ready to come across. And we just saw what God was doing. We saw where he was moving. 
And so they came in and just part of the church, and we saw as we were begin as we began to, to set up with the school, we had we see blind people. I actually thought, man, I if I, I got to recount and sit there and really think about what God is doing because I can I I can easily forget. We can easily forget. No, we could be in the midst of a move of God, but because we're in it, we don't really know. We, we just, it's, oh, yeah, just what happens. We've actually seen a blind guy see. And, and, and see, I, if I forget, I, I've got to keep telling the story to remind me because God's brought, brought along another blind guy into church. And I'm saying, giving us another opportunity that this guy could be healed too. And so this guy, the first guy came in and he was totally fine. And then he went off and went and did a did a bit of a naughty, and he came back, and someone hit him in the, in the eye with a four-by-two, and his eye was actually squashed, and the doctor said to him, we've had to, we'll have to remove that eye, but because it's got to affect your other eye, and he came, and I said, oh, the doctor said, I've got to remove my eye, I said, hey, give us a month, and we'll pray for you, because we're believing that God can heal the blind. Because that's what it says in his word. So we all got together as a church and we were praying, praying, praying. So after the month, we changed our prayer request. And he said he sat there the last Sunday so that his name came off the list. And he was very, very disappointed. And, was very, and, and so he went home and he said, God, it's a month. My, I still can't see. So he slept that night. He woke up the next night. Then woke up the, woke up the next morning. And he could see something fluttering. And so he closes the eye, but he was closing his bad eye, his blind eye. Oh, I should close my other eye. <laughs> and so he closed his other eye, and he could see it just went clearer and clearer and clearer. And he took his hand out, and he could see. And he went running around, running around. Now when he's in church, he's no longer with, he's, he's over in Australia now. But when he's church, he, 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 he can be a bit crazy. You know, because and he, and I go, wow, he gotta calm down. I can't calm down. God healed me. God gave me my eyesight back. I'm gonna praise God as crazily as I can, but I've got something to praise God about. Just last week, we had um, one of our elders who was rushed to hospital because he had a he had a stroke. He had a stroke. Oh, I start praying. And as we start praying, and then he comes up to man up. And so the previous night was a Thursday night. And then he, we come to man up, our men's conference, and he's there. And we've got this, we've got our, the Australian High Commissioner, the Australian Ambassador, who comes into church and stuff. And he was dancing like nobody's business. These people are supposed to be quite, you know, reserved and, you know, prop, proper. And he was just going like, going for, going for gold. And then I said, Hey, uh, Andrew, Andrew, what's happened? I'm praising because of that guy. And I said, which guy? Sukkah. He was in hospital last night with a stroke. He's here today because we just sent out a text. Let's just pray for healing. And he's here tonight. That's why I'm praising like there's no tomorrow. Because this is what God is doing in our very midst. And so it's not only that we've seen kids that have come into school, that, have, that were mute, mute, can't talk. Is that mute or is that dumb? Mute. Now they can hear. Now they can talk. Now they can hear. Now they can talk. <laughs> they came in mute and now they can hear. <laughs> they came in mute. There were three kids. They came in, they couldn't talk. Now they can talk. 
We have, we've had children that have come into the school and they've come in as being, um, a, what's the, the one with many letters, ADHD or whatever, and they, they just cannot. And, and their parents are actually quite surprised that they're quite settled, making great friends, functioning as normal kids should function, whatever that means. You know? We've had, we've, we've had the, the gluten intolerant people that's come in. And I've had more faith for them to be healed than for them to find anything in Tonga that's gluten-free. <laughs> so, hey, man, you've got to be healed. Because I don't doubt that you're going to find anything here gluten-free. So they get healed. You know, so they get healed. Now they eat everything. They're into the bread, into the everything that's available. It's like when we stop the rain. How many times we stop the rain? Because we don't have venues big enough in order to run the events that we run. And all these kids are praying, 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 and then they, it doesn't rain. We had one year where, 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 um, one year where, the, um, where Pastor Jordan then came over with the revolution tour. And we had $250,000 worth of sound gear. And we only had an outdoor stadium to do it. And so we were running it and it started to rain. And everyone was running around looking for some tarpaulin to cover the $250,000 worth of sound gear. I said, give me the mic. So I gave me the mic and I jumped up. Let's pray. If God could stop the sun for good for, for Joshua, God can stop the rain for us so we can have our party. Let's pray. Five minutes. No more rain. And John comes to me, man, Mats, you did, oh man, you had great faith. And, no, I had more faith for God to stop the rain than us finding tarpaulin this time of night and had tarpaulin big enough to cover that, that rig out there. So let's pray to God. Sometimes God takes us on that journey, you know, and we just have to believe or else. Because God says, when you see my presence move, I want you to move and follow it. You know, many of the time is that we try and figure out things. But when God says, look for where I'm moving, I just want you to move. Because you're moving, you're following me. And where my presence is, that's enough. So we're moving with a school that's coming from a place of where we started with just about 40 kids to a place now there's over 250 kids and we're adding another room to another classroom next year. There's going to be about 300 kids in this place and they get to spend more time with us than they do with their parents. And when they go home and, they, and, they, and their parents, are whatever their condition, their kids say, you know, Jesus can heal you. And they'll start laying hands and they're speaking in tongues. And all we're doing is basically making Christianity and just normalizing Christianity. Yeah. Well, this is just how we live our lives. It's that because we're, a, we're on this journey, on a miracle journey of where God has, has brought birth something out of nothing. Because he just simply said, when you see me move, I want you to move. And I want you to follow it. And so a lot of the time is that we, we, we see in that scripture that says when, the, when, when the, Le, the Levitical priesthood who carry the presence, you know, sometimes we need to hear God through these people. And these basically are just the leaders that, have, that, that carry God's presence. They've got, a, they've got a track record of carrying His presence. And we see that it's also 
it also bears fruit in various areas where they've been. And they've got this Levitical priesthood who are our leaders that carry this presence of God. And sometimes for many of us who find it hard to hear or find it hard to see what God is doing, maybe just need to hear and to see God through these people that God's placed in our midst. We had a desire to start a school, but we had no funding. We had because what was it going to take to start a school? Maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. You got Pastor Bruce who comes in in 2009, and I share with him our dream. Who knows? He's got a track record. He carries the presence of God in terms of what he has done, what God has done through him. And so he says, why don't you just start Messi Matailoi? as he would pronounce my name. Why don't you just start, Messi? Just start with what you have. What's in your hand? Just start. And I took that as a word from God. I took this as a word where God was speaking to me because I was waiting for the resource. I was waiting who am I going to ask. I was waiting for all these things to open up so we can launch out and impact this nation by raising a generation. So we start with two teachers and 40 kids the the very next year. With what? With not much money. We had in the church account $40,000. You know where that $40,000 went? It went to filling a swamp. That's where it went. It was surely a seed because it went straight into the ground. And then we had nothing left. And so we were going to journey this together. Because God just simply said, come on, see where where I'm moving? I want you to get up from where you are and I want you to follow it. See who's carrying my presence. See me through them. Let me speak through them. Do you sometimes get offended by your leaders? Don't look at me like that. (laughs) Yeah? If anyone's going to offend anyone now, church, it's got to be me. You know, I may may say something really stupid. I may say something really true, and it offends people. Everything in offense, but see, I'm, I'm, I'm keep telling people, come on, you gotta see what God is saying. Don't look, don't be, don't, don't just, don't, don't, don't just look. You gotta look past me and see what God's saying and see what He's doing. Because a lot of the time is that we 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 shortchange what God is wanting to do in us because we're we're just stuck on the person. Ah, oh, I don't know about. I don't know. Come on. Can we see beyond that? Let's see God through our leaders. Man, I see God through Bruce, Sam, and all the, and all the ministers, like even past the world. We, we do Christmas in the park because I heard God through him when the last time I was in Masterton. And we've got a, we, we actually, we've been running Christmas in the park where the school runs it, we, with the church. It's simply because I went to Masterton and I saw what they were doing and I just said, man, we, God, God said, you could do this to bless your community. So I take that back with me. I said, oh, I don't, I don't know if I could hear God through past the will. I don't know. See, but I have to see through it and say, man, I took, do you know right now, we get thousands of people out every year, hear the gospel, get saved, just simply through Christmas in the park. So let's not despise what God is saying because we're offended by people or by our leaders or we do not understand what is happening. 
You know, God always speaks to us about, come on, are you going to place your trust in me or what you have in the bank? Or where the resources are going to come from? So when you see and we recognize this, we move. We can either move in trust. When we move in trust, we move into a river that was, that, that's in flood. When we move in trust, we move into the deep where our feet no longer touches the ground. When we move in trust, we move into the unknown. And we've got nothing to hold on to but to God. When we move in, in trust, we move from where it is that we're comfortable to where we are uncomfortable. A lot of people say to me, well, you're okay, you're going back to Tonga. Hello. I may be brown, but I think very white on the inside. <laughs> I didn't grow up in Tonga. I grew up in Auckland. And I had to navigate my way through my Tongan culture and, what I was, and what, where I was every day. I went to a predominantly white school. So I had to navigate myself through that. And so when, you, when people, oh, you're all right, you can, no, 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 no. I have, you, you have no excuses, just the same as me. Yeah. It's that we're moving into a place where we're uncomfortable. Yeah. And so our move to Tonga was a very uncomfortable place to be. Because everyone was saying, why are you going back to Egypt? We all left that for a better life in the land that's flowing with milk and honey, which is Aotearoa. So why are you going back? Because we heard a word. Because we had a sense this was going. And we, we had a sense that it's time to move. And where God said to us, you know the safest place for you and your children is in my will? Is where, I play, where, what, is where I, I speak to you to be. If you want your kids to, be, to have a great education, go where, where, where my will is. That's where they're going to get a great education. So right now, I wouldn't have them in any other school but their current school right now. Because that was one of our major worries. How are they going to be with their education? See, we can either move in trust, but then we can still move, but move in fear. Because when we move in fear, we move in the wrong direction. We move back to the wilderness where we've come out of. Although it's a wilderness, but it's safe. Because we know the wilderness. We've been there for the last 40 years. We came out of there. So let's just go back there because we know it. We move back to where to yesterday's provision. And yesterday's provision is not for today. You know, there's mana and there is quail and, and yesterday. But God doesn't want us to have mana and quail of yesterday. He wants to, to eat the fruit of the promised land today. So let's walk into that. But when we, when we move in fear, we move back to that. We move back to yesterday's comforts. We move back to yesterday's safety. And what happens? It gets really, really boring. And we know there is something in here that needs to come out. But we move back to that because we have the doubt. We doubt, but we move, but we moved in fear. And then we do come to a point where we wonder. I wonder what would have happened if I had gone to Tonga, but I didn't. I wonder what have happened. Because I was talking to the, these two lovely ladies here yesterday. I said, you know, with raising a generation, reclaiming a nation, I believe that vision, God has not just spoken it to us. God has spoken that to lots of people before us. 
Just I believe even with the vision, with this bigness that God is doing in this place. I believe God has spoken. This is not the first time he's spoken it over this congregation. I, don't be, I, I believe it's not the first time that God's spoken in, over in, in any other church here in Dunedin. But the difference is, is this, is that we just happen to be the group of people crazy enough to do something about it. To, to, to actually step up and say, oh, we're gonna, we'll carry this and we'll run with it. With this bigness that God's speaking over the church here, are there people here crazy enough? Are there people here who say, man, God will take you at your word and we're going to run with it. We're going to pick it up. We're gonna, how is it going to happen? We don't know, but we're going to run with it. I need to hear a choo-hoo because that's a challenge. It's a challenge where God is just simply saying, are you going to see my presence are you, going, are, you, are you willing to step out from where you are and move afterward, after it? Are you going to, to carry that into, into, into the promises that I have for you? Are you going to move forward in trust? Or are you just going to move but in fear? I've moved in fear just this year. God at the beginning of the year told us, there's the year of expansion. There's the year of enlargement. So we've been looking for a building to enlarge into. We've been looking for land to enlarge into. God gave us some land, but then in our, in our services, we've had, we've had to have the kids go straight out. Come and stand in the front, praise, 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 praise. Then they all move out so that we could fit. And God says, and I, and I just sense in my spirit, well, if we can't find a place big enough, we've got to have another service. So I bring that at the beginning of the year, and April says, hey, we need to have another service. And everyone says, oh, man, but that's going to mean this, it's going to mean this, it's going to mean. So we moved, but we moved in fear. And we moved into the comfortable. And we moved into the place where, although we were bursting at the seams, but we moved into this place that we were comfortable, we lacked faith. And we moved into this place of where, oh, yeah, this will do. And maybe, and we convinced ourselves, it's always great to see that bursting at the seams. Just a couple of months ago, God spoke to me and said, hey, you're at the Jordan again. Are you at the Jordan? I'm giving you another opportunity. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but there's only a few months left, God. So I'm giving you another opportunity. It's a year of enlargement. It's a year of expansion. Yes, you're going to have volunteers that are going to do two services or three services. That's why I went out there to have a look at your children. How do you do it? But God says, I'm giving you another opportunity. Because you moved in fear. And I'm giving you another opportunity to move in faith. So there are people here where God says, come on. I'm giving you another opportunity to move in faith. Maybe you have moved in fear. Like me. Not so long ago. But God says, come on. Move in faith. Move into the uncomfortable. Move into the place where I have for you. Move into the river that's, over, that's flooded. Move into the river because we know in the story where there was a wall of water where God stopped the flow. Move in that when you're looking up into that wall of water, you go, oh, scary. And then you just look up and say, Choo-hoo! 
I challenge you to fall down on me because God's called me to cross over. God's called me to move into my promises. Do I always know where I'm going? No, I don't. Do you always know where you're going? Can you tell me where I should be going? Because when we move in faith and when we move in trust, we're moving into places where we haven't been before. And many people say to me, man, how did you do this? And I say, I don't know. Where are we going? I don't know. All I know is that I have a sense that this is the direction we need to move. That's all I know. That's all I'm clear about. So are you crazy enough with me that we're going to cross, that we're going to move towards that direction? And the lucky thing is, the great thing is, is God brings a lot of crazy people around me. Let's do it. You've got people that are leaving their families here in New Zealand. Leaving good jobs here in New Zealand. Teaching jobs. And we've got, we've got our principal who's been there for what? Now seven years. Oh, she's got a reason to be there. Now she's married to a tongue. So she's got, you've got to stay. And then we've got another one who's been there, what, five years. And I'm going, wow, welcome to the crazy club. We're just going to pick up and move after God. See, but the crazy thing is, you know, right now we're building a house. We're not supposed to be building a house. Why? Because we don't make enough money. Because we don't have enough income. That's why we shouldn't be building a house. We shouldn't have a mortgage. Because we can't afford to pay it back. But the bank was crazy enough to give us one. So we've got, so we're building a house. But why? Because I don't know, but God says, come on, move. Then you'll know where you're going. Don't try and work it out. Don't try and figure it out. Don't try, if I go to A, then I'll end up in B, then I'll end up in C, then I'll end up there. No, I said, God, you'll know where B is when you move out of A. You know, you'll know where C is when you move out of B. Don't try and work it out from here. Because when you try and work it out from here, you are most likely to move in fear. And God just simply said, come on, you move and then you will know. Why? Because you haven't been there before. Your next door neighbor hasn't been there before. Your husband or your wife hasn't been there before. Your children certainly haven't been there before. But I'm the God that stands from, that stands from the end of eternity and looks back onto time and says, I can show you where to go. I can show you every step of the way. If only you would move from the place where you're at now. Move, then you will know. Then you will know where you're going. But then the last thing is, it says, but make sure that you stay, was it 100 yards? Behind. Let's not move and get in front of ourselves and we move before God. It says, come on, just keep staying behind me. Keep staying behind me. But sometimes we move, sometimes we run ahead of God. Anyone done that before? Okay, I'm the only one then. Yeah. I sometimes run, oh, yeah, there's, a few, there's a few of us here. There's a few of us here. 
And God says, get behind me, boy. God goes, come on, baby. Just get behind. In a nice and loving way. And I'm so grateful to that. Because we're still on this journey because God just simply said, come on. Just get behind. Then I'll show you where you're going. Man, I'm looking forward to I mean, we've been there nine years. I'm looking forward to the next nine years. You know, because everything that we're doing now, we never in our wildest dreams thought that we'd be there. We go and ask the kid, we need property. We simply say, uh, we don't have any money. Who has most of the land here in Tonga? The king does. Let's go and ask him. For me as a Tongan to go and ask someone like that, that's a no-no. But we rock up and say, hey, can you give us some land? We've got no money, though. So we get given eight acres. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, where do you want it? Oh, somewhere around there. Oh, oh, now you can have that one over there. I go, praise God. Yeah. I'm always saying to our guys, hey, don't be embarrassed of going asking for stuff like that. Because you're not asking on your behalf. Yeah. You're asking on behalf of God. So why, would, why should we be embarrassed? Why should we be fearful? If they say no, they're just simply saying no to God. Because he's the one that placed it on their heart to go and do these things. Because even people think, man, we've got a lot of money. We must be fully bankrolled from New Zealand. I say, I wish. <laughs> because when you follow God and you follow what he's doing... All that you think, all the things that we do is all cutting edge. It's simply because, it's not because we have money. Hey, we just took up a, a miracle offering. We don't have a very big church, numbers wise. And I was actually blown away by myself because there was over 100,000 baanga dollars that was pledged. And these are, and I looked at the name, I go, Whoa! There was only 35 people that pledged. Wow. And I go, where this? And said, These just people said, no, we're going to step out. Because yeah, yeah. the other 70% are mainly young people. <laughs> they don't have, or they have their studying or whatever. And so they're stepping out. We've just got these, step out. Yeah. See where I'm moving. Move after that. No, so... This morning, God is speaking to the spirits of people right here this morning. That it's time to move. And it's not necessarily a physical move, although for some it's physical. There's a physical move. Maybe you need to move out from where you're currently staying. Because it's not where it's supposed to be. And, and you have seen the presence of God move past you but you're still oh but it's going to be uncomfortable how am I going to afford it how am I going to do this how am I and you're trying to figure it out where God says just get out of there and move because that's not where you're supposed to be like with the Israelites you're not supposed to be on the other side of the Jordan you're supposed to be on this side so don't worry about that just move when you see my presence move I want you to move for some of us it's a mental move. Sometimes your leaders say, oh, this is what we're going. Like, oh, how is this going to work out? But God's saying, move now. Yeah. 
Move now in terms of your thinking. Move now in terms of your perspective. Move now because I'm getting you ready for when the move actually happens, you're ready. For some of us, it's, it's an attitudinal move, a spiritual move. Things that you believed in, things that you thought that was unmovable. God says, oh, I don't know about that. Are you like me? Are there things in your life when you first, when you started out your journey in Christianity? Man, that is unmovable. I'm going to stay put. This is a rock. And then sort of five years down, I said, no, it's not. You don't have to do it like that. You don't have to do it. It's not like that. And I've moved. Just in my thinking, my heart, I realized, oh, that was just, a lot of that's just preference. A lot of that's just cultural. As much as we have our culture, you have your own culture here. A lot of it's just cultural and tradition. It can be moved. Because it's come on, it's time to move. Why? Because as he's speaking into your spirits now to make the move internally, because the time is coming when he says, it's now. And he sees presence move. You're already ready. Because we don't really have to anticipate God like how this guy that was marking me as a winger was anticipating me and didn't know that the line out was here, that the touch line was here, but he was still this. He said, we just have to lean in and listen. God says, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm taking you as a corporate group of people. This is where I'm taking you as an individual. Just move. Because when it's time, it's a woo. I used to have people, when I started out in ministry, they came and said, oh, we should do this. I really feel my heart, we should do this. I really feel my heart, we should do this. And I said, it's not time. Because God hasn't spoken to me about that. And they get all, used to get all twisted up. And I said to them, God's preparing you. God's, because God doesn't just speak to me, but He speaks to all of us. But God's preparing you. Because when it's time, He'll speak to me. And we're off. And when I say, it's time, you go, oh yeah, I've been preparing. Because God's been preparing me. He's been speaking to me. He's been speaking to me about that. But sometimes we think, no, no, how come we're not doing it? How come we're not moving here? How come? Because He hasn't spoken to the leadership yet. And when He does, that's the time. And you're already ready. You're already ready. I just really sense the bigness of what God is doing in this place. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be phenomenal. I see Polynesians coming into this place. I don't see, I, I see this as a very multicultural church. Because the bigness of what God is doing here is you're going to be able to interpret it to fit the different stratas of society. The different, the, the different nationalities of your community. I just really sense that. And so you're not going to be based upon your preferences. But you're going to step back and say, okay, what's going to embrace the community? I may not personally like it. But I can see it's going to embrace this city.
I just really see since then. 